What's up, y'all? My name's Leticia, and you're listening to Confessions from the Closet, a podcast all about vulnerability and overcoming. It's time we get ourselves unstuck from these boxes and these closets that we've allowed ourselves to be trapped in. We're so much bigger than these boxes we've been in. It's time we go deep, y'all. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Confessions from the Closet. Insert music here. Today I have my wife joining me again, and I'm really excited because I'm in the hot seat, and she's going to be asking me the questions. We realized I have not shared much of my story yet. I've been sharing other people's stories, and it's like maybe it's time for me to share more of my story. So, Mari gets to ask the questions today. So maybe she'll talk more than me, or maybe I'll, <laughs> well, I'll be answering questions. So I'll probably still talk more than you. Yes, I'm working sure. on it. I've watched every episode and realized how much I cut her off. And now in real life, I realize I just do that all the time. It's like a, I guess it's a habit. You like to talk? I do. I do. I like to talk to you. I know. Yeah. Some people are pretty quiet. We're best friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a good listener. (laughs) Anyways, welcome back. And thanks for coming and listening and watching. Go for it. So... (laughs) um i want to talk to you about i know we were getting a lot of um i don't know confusion about what your podcast is about um a lot of people are asking and seeing things on yeah on facebook so do to clarify that real fast okay so when we when i came out i guess this is going to lead into part of my story anyways but when i came out which i talked about on episode seven with Victoria, I felt like the Lord told me, I made you gay for this reason. Like I gave you your background, your faith, your family, you know, um, Mm -hmm. my relationship with him for this reason was that so I could reach people that no one else could reach. I could reach out to LGBTQ people and I could reach between the church, um, which when I say the church, I mean, any religion that the Lord puts me in front of, you know, I think we all believe in the same. I mean, we all claim Jesus. So you're Christian, but we might have different denominations. So when I say the church, I mean, it's like a blanket term. So, um, when I came out, the Lord told me, you know, this will be like, this is why you're gay. So eventually I knew that that would lead to some type of ministry. Um, what that would look like. I had no idea. This was nine Mm -hmm. and a half years ago. So then, you know, we went to, we started going to more five, five years ago mm-hmm. already this month, actually like today, it's been five years today, the 13th yesterday. Um, so five years and I've been singing for almost five years on the worship team. So that was like part of the ministry. I thought, you know, I've given my testimony at our church. Um, oh my gosh, I have my glasses on probably all glary. Uh, I've given part of my testimony at our church. And so I knew that like that was part of my ministry, but then I felt like I can only go so far with the like 700 people that go to our church. And I knew it was always meant to be bigger and more, more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then, you know, you've been telling me for years I was supposed to do a podcast or something, not a podcast, but like YouTube or something. And I just, I was never there. Like I just felt like I had a lot of growing to do and, healing to do between the time that I came out and the wounds and then we found more and the healing that's happened. I wasn't ready 
And finally, during quarantine, I was like, what, probably November, December, I was like, I'm supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it was that time where the Lord's like, it's na- it's time to go. It's time to do this. And something I believe is you don't like with, you know, we have vision boards and we manifest things and it's like dreams and goals and believe thanking God for them before we have them before they're real. And with this podcast and this YouTube, I didn't, I don't have to know how it's going to happen or how I'm going to reach everyone. I just have to step forward in faith that this is what he's calling me to and it's going to reach the right people. And so even if it's one, even if it's one, that's like, it's just to the one person. And that's what every time I've been able to speak or, um, even share my testimony in like in person, mm-hmm. I've always believed just let it get to that one person. Every time I have an opportunity to sing a solo at church, I'm like, Lord, just let them hear your voice because, um, if they hear me, I'm just, just going to get in the way and mess things up. So the podcast was started because one, it was the ministry I knew I was going to be called to one day. I didn't know this is what it would be. Um, but each episode I do it. And all the messages that everyone sends me and sharing me, sharing their stories or um, their hard things. It just, I didn't think I was going to get emotional on my own episode. Um, It just further emphasizes that I am finally walking in the path that I knew I would nine years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, because I didn't want to be gay. I didn't think it would be an easy path. But when God put that on my heart, I was like, okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the podcast was started because as a community, LGBTQ plus the alphabet mafia, whatever you want to call it, um, we have been pushed back from the church and said, oh, that's a sin, which I've mentioned. The 1946 movie um, is showing that scripture has been used and interpreted incorrectly. And um I just feel like God's love is so big and he is yearning to reach a community that has been pushed away. And I started the podcast because I would rather disappoint every human than disappoint him and like go to my deathbed knowing that I didn't do what I was called to do. So it's just to share Jesus's love with the people who have been told they're not worthy of it. (laughs) The heck, I'm always serious and like making jokes, but here we are. That's you're how so much cute. it means to me. Oh, I know. You're very passionate about it. That's yeah. What I love about and it's you. helped heal me doing it. Just each episode, I'm like, I feel like layers, like Joy, our friend preached, um, her and her husband that we talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. on our last episode. Um, they ended up preaching this week at church and she was talking about, um, was, was she talking about obedience or was Chad? She talked about obedience mm-hmm. and how when we don't obey the Lord, we're like basically putting a brick like brick by brick, we're building up this wall, which I know I have that's happened through my pain. Mm-hmm. And so every time I do an episode and I get to communicate with people who've listened and watched, I just feel like those walls are just like crumbling down and I'm owning myself more fully. And so it's healing for my, me even. So I just feel like the Lord's constantly presence in this present in this whole process. For sure. I do the titles a little bit extra. Because, hello, I mean, you're trying to get people to click on your videos and be interested. And so I do push a, sometimes, like, I push it and I'm trying to get people's attention. Get people's attention. It's not like I'm attacking 
anybody whenever I do it I'm just trying to be kind and loving but also speak truth so yeah the titles I do that and that's just uh I guess you'd say marketing mm-hmm. method from what I've been taught and told to to do and they kind of make me laugh when I do really but if you open one you'll realize yeah. it's, it's it's all about love and and Jesus yeah the titles just make me laugh it's really funny what can I come up with this week you know I know so you're asking me all the time <laughs> yeah I like to be clever, but yeah. to the point. Is that a good answer? That's <laughs> long-winded. Yes. You have another question? No, that's the end. Oh, that's that it. Is. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, the moment or part of your life that led you up to, to coming out. Because I know you talked about your coming out story, but a lot of things happen there was a during lot. that time. There's a lot there's a lot of moments that um it's like when you come out you see more of it you like mm-hmm. you're like whoa okay like you kind of like 2020 what is it hindsight is 2020 like finally you see all those times you're like duh of course I was gay mm-hmm. um but there were moments when I was growing up that I knew it I just also believed that being gay was an abomination was you can't inherit the kingdom of God was all those things. And so I just closed it away. And so I remember the first time I was probably, I don't know. I want, I don't know exactly, but like, I want to say nine to 12 when I started figuring it out. Okay. Let's let me, let me um, say some. Okay. Where, where are you from? Where am I from? I'm from Austin, Texas. I was born and raised in Austin. Austin. And then you went to school. And then I went to school. I graduated from um, Round Rock High School in 2005. And then I went to South Plains College for about a year or two in Lubbock. And then I transferred to tech and realized, heck no, I'm not spending $7,000 on one semester to be like one of 400 students in a class. That made zero sense to me. It was expensive. So I went to tech for one semester and then I transferred to West Texas A&M here in Canyon where my mom had moved after I graduated. So Canyon, Texas, which is right by Amarillo, Texas, where we Mm -hmm. now live. And I graduated with my bachelor's um, of science in sports and exercise nutrition at WT. So I do have a degree. You do. (laughs) Yeah, I don't use it. I got a, I got an MRS and a bachelor's. <laughs> Not really. It took a long time to get married, but yeah, I graduated in 2010 from WT. And then you went to? And then I moved to Houston. So after I graduated, I moved to Houston. Um, and well, I, was, F- I was, FCA okay. So in college, when I went to WT, I, was in sports and exercise science. So a lot of the people who were in sports and exercise science, like degree plan are athletes. And Mm -hmm. I was a kickboxer in college, like a semi-pro kickboxer. Like I fought in China um, once and it was awesome. It was free for me. Um, And through that, like I met a bunch of different athletes at WT and they became my best friends. Mostly all of them were on the volleyball team at WT. 
and they were all involved in FCA and they invited me to FCA. So, which is why I think if you I've never heard of FCA. Yeah. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I had heard of it in um, middle school. We had mm-hmm. it at our middle school. We had it at our high school. I never got involved because I thought they were weird. I was like, this is lame. Let's go pray around a flagpole. Like, honestly, that's what I felt about it. I was like, I am not getting up before school to go hold hands around a flagpole. And pray. And I was super involved in youth. Like, that's all it was to me. That's all I understood uh-huh. FCA to be growing up. But then I went to WT and they so invited me. So it's a national me. thing? Like, every, they're, they're everywhere? It's all over the country, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's in different countries, but I know it's all over the United States. Gotcha. Um, so it, when I went to, to WT's FCA, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about it. Because my perception, which just shows how much, if we don't know about something, we should just really get to learn about it because your perception's usually wrong. I thought we were gonna pray around flagpoles, but it turned out to be um, that it saved my life. Mm -hmm. FCA saved my life because I got, I learned about being in a community of believers. Mm -hmm. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I learned about being in a community of believers and I learned about just my spiritual gifts. I learned about giving. I learned about, I mean, we all went to church together. We all hung out together. We had so much fun together. Different type of relationships. Yeah. I just learned about um, deep relationships versus like surface relationships. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we all did. So around what age would you say this was? I was 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. So one thing that we all did was in the summers, they have FCA camps for like high schoolers and middle schoolers. And we would all go be counselors at those camps. Um, so that was for here a week. in Canyon? No, the camps, there was one at Abilene College. We would do one at AM. and uh, I feel like, was it Baylor? Abilene, AM. There was another one. There was a third one. I can't think. Okay. I want to say Baylor. And one of them was leadership camp. So mm-hmm. it was more about being a leader in your FCA community at home or um, whatever. And then the other ones were sports camps. So it was like you picked your sport that you were going to counsel. So I was a basketball counselor. There was volleyball. There was all these sports. And then we'd get to play basketball. And then we'd do like you had a, a huddle is what they were called. And it was like 10 to 12 girls. Sometimes you had a co-leader, which was another college student. Um, there was worship. There was like uh sermons it was it was an an amazing week filled with the holy spirit and everything i did that for like three summers so nine probably nine camps um so super involved with fca and that's where i learned how much i loved giving my testimony and that i was not afraid of speaking to like five to seven hundred people at a time on a microphone even though i'm pretty shy yeah it surprised me when i first saw a video (laughs) vhs was it no, uh, I don't think it was a VHS um, at FCA. Yeah. Yeah, I was super. Um, and that's part on stage, of, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was a croc hunter. And we turned, cro- it was like this whole thing that. I've never seen this. Crikey, look at the boy, that guy. Oh my goodness. How many babies, all different shapes, all different. Happened at camp, this girl um, who's now grown up uh she started this crocodile thing and then we just like all ran with it this is where the crocs like to hide it's got the real deep and you gotta find them in their hiding place and me and one of my friends who just had a baby 
Um, I'm really excited for them. Lindsay, uh, we were the croc hunters and we turned it into this thing where it was like, you're hunting crocs, which was your sin, which seems so funny, but <laughs> we were doing like skits and they were videoing us all around yeah, the campus at uh, A&M. Thing. And I had an accent. I had an accent the whole camp. Like we convinced <laughs> everyone I was actually from Australia. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I don't know either. But I, I know that even doing this, and I, I think you could confirm this, like doing this, because I was very free and mm -hmm. whatever. Like I didn't care what people thought. I was just funny and trying to just show Jesus's love and feeling his spirit everywhere with me in those years. And then I came out and that part got shut down because. Oh, absolutely. And I think since doing the podcast, I feel like all that is coming back out because I've told you for years, I'm mm -hmm. like this. I'm not myself. Yeah. I'm a, there's a better version of me and she's just still wounded. Yeah. That happened to me too. The, yeah. For um, a while, I wasn't myself for some, so many years. And then. Yeah. Well, when you're told when ministry is your whole heart and you realize how much you love it when you're, you're pouring into these kids at these camps or you're pouring into them, but you're getting so much back in return. Oh, I bet. Um, and then you come out and you can no longer be that. You're told you can, you're disqualified from being that because you chose no, this. No, that you're probably. It's embarrassed or ashamed. Yeah. Well, where are you going to be allowed to do it? You yeah. know, until more, mm -hmm. there was no platform for me to, my heart has always been ministry my mm -hmm. whole life. I mean, since I was five, I've prayed over my mom and prayed over people and heard the Holy Spirit say, give, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so when that got shut down, when it came out, it was really hard. So, it, I mean, this podcast has been like an opportunity to be like, okay, let's do this, you know? Yeah. And I feel myself coming back alive through it. I'm glad. Yeah. But yeah, I was super involved in FCA. Yeah. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I, I just think that was a big part because you still, so you still have, um, what do you call them? Nice as loud. Friends? Friends or people that went to the camp that I'm still message you or reach yeah, out? Yeah, I'm still so friends. you still have some relationships. So you obviously... I mean, impacted or yeah I, i'm still friends with a lot of the kids who were campers which is campers, crazy to me now they're grown-ups and they're married because i mean it's been forever it's two, 2010 was when i stopped doing me it too you're a grown-up yeah i'm a grown-up i'm old uh, i feel old got gray hairs under this blonde um yeah i'm friends with a lot of the kids i don't even know that i was their counselor some of them i mean Gosh, my brain, especially after having Apollo, it's like mm -hmm. I have a good memory, but a lot of stuff is little. I don't remember if they were my camp, my campers or what, but I have relationships with them. And um, one of them uh, I'm going to interview at some point on here. She just came out and I'm super proud of her. And she has a similar journey to how I came to terms with being gay. So I think that's pretty amazing. Um but yeah, I'm so, and I'm still friends with a lot of my friends that I like went to college with, even the ones who didn't, they, I don't know if they still disagree with my lifestyle or, and I say lifestyle cause like that's Cause what had, it's referred to, to as. Totally come out to them. I came out to all my friends. Yeah. Before I came all, out on Facebook. It, I don't can't remember. Did you do it all at once or? Um, I came out to. Cause you had a very tight circle. I had a tight circle. Um, two of them still, well. Three of them still live here. Um, two of them, one of them was a teacher at Amaya's old school, and we've gotten right. to hang out with them. And then uh, the other one, 
I haven't gotten to see for about a year. She's already had another baby. Um, and then one lives in Canyon and she had a hard time with me coming out. She still loved me. It was when I got engaged to you that like our friendship kind of had a total falling out. Um, and we've run into them at Hobby Lobby. Oh. Yeah, her husband was my best friend before she knew him. Um, he was like my absolute best friend in college. Oh. Yeah. The. Yeah. Um, he wrote you a letter? No, he didn't. It no, was another another husband. Because um, I don't want to say names because yeah. it doesn't matter. But, no, no. You know, and I know that there's two friends in particular who I did come out to in the beginning. They were like, um, I actually came out to them first and they had the hardest time with it. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we still talk. I don't we know how really they feel about any. it. No, we haven't had another. I mean, it's been nine years. Yeah. We haven't had. They still love me. They care about how, I mean, at least one of them I know cares about how you are and that our family as well. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure the other one does too. But um, we don't have a close relationship like we did. Also, we all have kids now, so it's Mm -hmm. a lot harder. Um, And I don't know. I I really do want to have a conversation with them again and be like, you know, do you still feel the same? How do you feel? I don't have any harsh feelings anymore. Mm-hmm. It was hard in the beginning for a long time. I mean, even probably till like three years ago when I just really asked the Lord to like help me release that pain and that wound. Yeah. Um, Cause I did, I mean, one of my friend's husbands wrote me a really long email. Like, are you sure you've prayed about that? Have you truly, you know, come to the Lord with this? And it was a long email. And, and you're I, really good friends with him. Yeah, Before. I was really good friends with him too. I was, re- I mean, we were so close. I was good friends with them and their husbands. We were just, yeah. we were always together. And um, his letter was hard because he related it to his weed addiction. And I had known I was gay since I was nine or 12. We'll say 12. We'll just say 12 because I was 24 when I came out. And mm-hmm. I prayed for 12 years relentlessly for God mm-hmm. to deliver me from being gay. And he didn't. And so when I was asked, have you truly prayed about this? And it's like, I don't think anybody's ever prayed as hard as a gay person who loves Jesus trying to pray away the gay. I mean, I really don't. I, uh, Amaya's 10. It would break my heart if I knew she was trying to pray something that's just who she is away. Mm-hmm. As hard as I prayed. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, for think sure. about it. Yeah. It would break my heart to find out. That's why I'm, I try to be so careful. I know I have such a hard time, but it's like... I don't want kids to to go through that anymore yeah. because it's hard to heal from now I'm 33 and just still, still healing from all that shame. And, um, so when he, when he sent the email, like it was really hard and I know he had good intentions, but yeah, I was like, have I prayed about this all I've done mm-hmm. my whole life? I finally felt free when I came out. I finally was like, I could breathe. But then, you know, I lost a lot of that bold serving ministry thing because you couldn't be both. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let you. God told me I could be both. But where I was, there was no place I was able to do both. Yeah. To serve. I mean, there is now. Thank God. So. um, So what else did the letter say? I don't. You know what? I have it in my email somewhere. I I don't remember. I sent you a scripture and. No, I don't know that he probably did. Um, my boss at the time when I was working in Houston and I was really close with her. 
sorry, it's cold down here. And I'm crying a little bit. Um, <laughs> my boss at the time, she sent me like every day when she found out she would send me emails and I cannot find those emails. I've looked and like, they're probably my work email. Um, she would send me emails of different scriptures and it was the seven clobber passages that are used that the 1946 Bible is covering saying how they were misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Um, but sending me these scriptures of why I was wrong. And, um, these are all scriptures I had already read my whole life. But at that point when I finally did come out, which I think is like part of your original question, um, when I finally did come out, like the 1946 movie basically is someone professionally putting together everything I studied when I was coming out. Mm-hmm. Like my understanding of those scriptures that are used to clobber, and by clobber I mean to shame the LGBTQ community and saying you're terrible. Um, I studied those passages. I read, uh, I think, God and the Gay Christian by Matthew Vines. That one covered it really well. Mm-hmm. He he really studied the scriptures, and I never felt like that was my calling. Like my purpose was to go and preach at churches, and this is why. Like I just never I I studied them, but I knew that wasn't my purpose to do that. I felt like my purpose was more storytelling versus proving scripture and theology. Yeah, you know. Um, so I didn't. I I read it. Yeah, you said thank God. Yeah. Well, I think I'll speak in churches one day. That's yeah. my hope and my prayer and uh, what I feel in my heart. But I don't think it's going to be, like, just theology. That's not my language or, like. Um, What's in your heart? Yeah, it's just not what I'm supposed to do. There's mm-hmm. people who are supposed to do that, and I'm not. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I really studied about what the context, which you're supposed to do with every scripture passage. You're not just supposed to take a verse. You're supposed to understand. I teach Jeremiah this. Like, you're supposed to read the verses before, like, the whole chapter, the verses mm-hmm. before, the verses after. What was the context? What was the culture like at the time? What was happening in the culture? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it's been translated how many times? And man has translated it. And man, we're sinners. We're all sinners. And we have our own wants and needs in the world. And um, I think that's where the misinterpretation started. And so I did. I studied the context. What was happening at the time? What... um, what were they actually talking about when it's homosexual? And a lot of the times it was um, arsenicoiti, which uh, is basically a boy sex slave, which in today's terms would be pedophilia. And a lot of it was also spiritual like um, practices like orgies to the god Malek, which was a false god, which is still being worshipped today. Um, think about human sex trafficking that is all in the same circle of what these passages are actually talking about and you and you know me i'll get on my conspiracies and <laughs> conspiracies but like i know it's still happening i mean how many kids come up missing there's oh, yeah. a lot the like there's 100%. still people worshiping other gods and malek is one of them it's still current um and they just translated it to mean same sex attraction and that's not what it ever was and so when I came out, like I studied that. I didn't take it lightly. I wanted to know what is this actually talking about? And I took the time to study it before I even came out. So when my boss sent me those verses, it was like, that's not what it means. But it still hurt me that she just kept sending me. It's, it's like it's like taking the Bible and just hammering it on your head. Like, don't you see? Don't you see? And it was just like, it was exhausting because it was like, 
I'm finally free, don't you see? Right. But nobody saw that. And I mean, I forgive them. I understand she's even talked to me like that she understands now that I was born this way through talking to one of her clients who's a psychologist. She said that? Mm-hmm. The last time I talked on the phone, she apologized and what she's kept asking her her one of her clients who mm-hmm. she trains, um, that's a psychologist, and she was just told her about all the studies that we we actually are born this way. It's not this choosing. It's like this is just how we were wired. Um and yeah, she apologized. Good. So yeah, I mean, and I, even if people I haven't apologized, I forgive them because the forgiveness really is about me. Yeah. Not them. Oh, well, forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is huge. Yeah, it's like you're carrying them on your back if you don't forgive them. It's a weight I don't want to carry. So, yeah. Anyways, another long answer. <laughs> I told you I don't have a problem talking. No, I know that. Or going deep. What else? Um, okay, so I was going to ask you, <laughs> you kind of jumped around. Um, I know. But I was talking about the FCA, and then is that where you met Andrew? Yes. Oh, I to, met I Andrew and FCA. I almost went to that because I, I knew you had told me that was a question. So when I was in FCA, um, I met Andrew, and... Sorry if you don't want me saying your name, but I did. Uh, I don't think he'll ever watch this. Anyways, Andrew was awesome. I sometimes tell you he is the boy version of you. Like, I just, he was he was my best friend. And mm-hmm. we had so much fun together. And then we got engaged. And we immediately started fighting once we got engaged. And I was, like, praying for it. We were, like, super, both super involved in FCA. Love the Lord, involved in church. We served at church. We served in um, like a youth, a small youth ministry, us and some of our other friends mm-hmm. from college. Um, but we were like fighting so much that one month. How old were you then? 22. 22. Mm-hmm. That was a baby. So he, so I was 22. And after I had kept praying and I felt the Lord tell me and so, <laughs> I've always heard his voice. So when I hear it, I just heed to it. I just try my best anyways to listen. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the Lord said, you need to break up with him. You're going to. You were were engaged. Yeah, we were engaged. We were supposed to get married. Okay. We got engaged in like spring break, I think right after spring break. So like March, we were going to get in. We were going to get married in August, I think. And so. Let's say I broke up with him in April, which was like right now. Um, the Lord told me, you need to break up with him because you're going to break his heart because you're going to fall in love with a woman one day. That's and, me. Yeah, here you are. And I knew that in my whole heart. I believed I knew that was true mm-hmm. because I knew I was gay. I just wasn't ready to face it. And I'm thankful that the Lord told me that. I know a lot of people, that's not their story. There's a lot of people who get married, have kids, and and then come out, and it's hard. It's harder. And I felt like the Lord was just, that wasn't supposed to be my story. And so I knew that was a thing that happened. And I just Mm -hmm. imagined, man, we're married. Then, you know, his parents love me. My parents love him. We have kids, and then all that's involved. And it's like I could break up with him and just break his heart 
or I could wait years and then break way more hearts. And it was the hardest thing I think I've ever done because I cared about him so much, but I was the only one who knew the reason why I truly broke up with him. I didn't share it with anyone until I did come out two years later. Um, so like my mom was upset. My friends were upset. Everyone's like, you're making the wrong choice. I mean, mm -hmm. it was hard. Like I had to tell my mom one day, I was like, mom, I'm your child. Like I get it. You love him, but I'm your kid. Because I was the only one that knew why. I was the only one that knew, yeah, you're gay. You're not going to marry a man. And so for the then, yeah. you know, then and it was a hard time. secret yeah. to keep while everyone is against you. And you just want to be like, dude, it's because I'm gay. <laughs> like, yeah. but I wasn't ready. And so it was really hard because um, everyone told me I was making a terrible decision. Because we were really good together. But there was that thing that was missing that he could never give me. He was a man. Mm-hmm. It's like they say, he wasn't woman enough, you know? Yeah. It's just, um, and it was hard, and he's married and has kids now. Um, I, I check on his Facebook every now and then to just see that he's doing okay. Because, I, I mean, he was my best friend. Mm -hmm. He was great. He was the best. So it was really hard. Okay, that's not best. Sorry. I mean, you know what I mean? He was a great guy, but I he was a guy. So yeah. that couldn't have ever worked. Um, yeah. So then, like, I mean, I, I think for, like, two years, I would also say, I don't think I'm ever going to get married. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, I'm never going to get married. Because I also knew I was gay. And I just didn't, I didn't know that I wanted to come out. Because I, I knew that there was this question of, you can't be gay and Christian. And I loved doing ministry so much. It's it's my heart to the depth mm -hmm. of my soul is what I was meant to do. I mean, I think we were all created to do a ministry of some sort. But it was like huge for me yeah yeah it was like a big thing um and so i was just like i'm just never i'm not supposed to get married god god's told me i'm not supposed to get married i would literally say that um and i knew i wanted kids did um, you give up on that no um, that? even my boss would say well you could always do like a sperm adoption. donor or adoption which is funny i did a sperm donor um but then even going back to her when i came out she said what about kids and I said, what about kids? I mean, you said I could do it if I was single. I could have a sperm donor. So what's the difference if I'm married to a woman? It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It just have two parents, you know? I mean, I I actually did say that out loud to her. Did you? Yeah. Because it was like, I mean, it's just, you said I could do it if I was single. Don't you think it would be easier? Like, <laughs> you did it with someone else? Because, mm -hmm. heck, yeah, I couldn't. I cannot raise our children by myself. I tell you all the time, don't you ever die and leave me with them by myself. I will hire a nanny with your insurance money <laughs> full time. I couldn't. I yeah. could not ever be a single parent. Like praise to all you yes, single you could, but parents. It's hard. Yeah, for sure. I'd need a help. I need help We're to help teams. Yeah. Cause they're especially right now, they're a lot. Apollo is crazy. Like full blown two year old toddler emotions. <laughs> this morning, y'all. He was crying about everything like eventually we both just were like holding him and hugging him like it's okay you're okay yeah. there's no disciplining an emotional toddler like you just they just need comfort mm -hmm. and love it was rough but it's been like that for like three weeks yeah he's going through he's i don't know <laughs> what's happening emotions brain growth teeth we don't genius know. child prodigy i mean he's a genius <laughs> he's so smart i'm surprised we i had, had that him. A CT and a yeah, we've had a leg X-ray, a cat, a cat scan. He's getting teeth surgery next Friday because he's got some cavities. Good lord, this boy has been through a lot. 
He's taken us through a lot. For sure. I think Amaya all the time. I'm like, thank you for not being. I don't remember a time when Amaya was like. She never did anything. I told her the worst thing she did was pour out. I really remember taking her to the doctor ever, ever. She went to checkups. Yeah. She had to get an inhaler for her allergy (laughs) asthma. Yeah. He's so, he's a boy. Oh, boy. Anyways, I I could never be a single mom, but it's it's hard. Being a mom is hard. And so didn't you, okay, let's go back to what we're doing. Sorry. Tantrum. Then you went to, um, you were in FCA and then, um, were you? When? When you, when you uh, met up with Andrew at Sonic. I was, no. So when I went to Houston, I was in another ministry. <laughs> I went into this like internship at Houston's First Baptist. Um, I'm not Baptist, but I had a friend who, from FCA, who mm-hmm. was in that same ministry. And they had an apartment with, oh, I felt like that was spilling, with, um, it was like seven girls. We had two rooms. We had bunk beds. Mm-hmm. We were all grown, like 22 and up. Um, and then there was a guy's apartment that the church like paid for. And, um, yeah, I lived there, but anyways, so when I was in that ministry, um, I went home and Andrew still had one year left at WT Mm -hmm. and we always talked on the phone. Even after. Yeah. He was my friend. I hadn't Mm -hmm. come out yet. And he was actually like, I think the second person after my mom that I came out to. And I said, that's why I broke up with you. I did tell him mm-hmm. when I finally came out and I don't know. I think it confused him a little bit and probably like, what is it? Demasculated, emasculated him a little, which I don't know. Anyways, I did tell him finally, but, um, well, you didn't say anything like, Oh, well, no, we I still knew. talk. No, I don't know. I knew when you were borrowing my basketball shorts. I knew shorts. when you were wearing my giant sweatshirts <laughs> and basketball shorts <laughs> And that's all you wore. I mean, all of us wore those. But I, I look back and I'm like, head. yeah, well, I definitely can tell. Um, I'm more feminine since I've come out. I found my femininity when I did come out. So that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I met up with him when I came home to visit my mom because my mom mm-hmm. lives in the same town of as my alma mater. And she... I met, we met up like we went to Sonic and we like were eating, I don't know, corn dog and having a soda in his truck. And then my mom and stepdad showed up at Sonic. So we went and sat at the picnic table with them mm-hmm. and just talked. And we talked for a few hours and just hung out. I mean, that was it. He was like, I still knew I was gay. I still remembered why I broke up with him. Like, yeah, it sounded good to like, oh, just get back with him. It's It'll be an easier life. Uh-huh. But I still remembered what the Lord told me. So he was just still my friend. And um, I told one of my roommates. And then like a week or two later, I got kicked out of the internship because they thought I was going back to something that I wasn't supposed to go back to. I'm like, that would have been a good thing to go back to in y'all's heads instead of the alternative, which is being gay. <laughs> and they kicked I got kicked out. I know part of it was also because I wasn't serving in my ministry, but I had a full-time job Mm -hmm. um, where all the other girls didn't have full-time jobs. I I worked at a gym, and I was up at 4.30 every morning, and I was in bed at 9 every night. And I worked, you know, before everyone went to work, and I worked after everyone went to work. Like, I had a full-time 40-hour-a-week job. Um, So it was all that. It was at all of the above. But yeah, part of it was that. That was like the final straw. Said so I met up with Andrew, and they said you're 
what is it? You can't put new wine into old wine skins or whatever. That was the scripture that was referenced to that situation. Um, and I was like, but he's not a bad person. I didn't understand it. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what makes y'all think he was a bad person other than I broke up with him. They knew I broke up with him cause the Lord told me to, they didn't know it was because the Lord told me because you're going to fall in love with a woman. Mm -hmm. So they just assumed, I guess that he was bad for me, which he wasn't. If I was straight, that would have been great, but mm -hmm. I wasn't. So yeah, that was, that was interesting. That made me kind of really. I don't know. I just bothered me because he was a good guy. He's a great friend. It's like you. You'd do anything for anyone, help anyone. You don't find a lot of people like that in yeah. life. So I know you're like, don't dog in, but I always tell you I married female version. There's no version of me. There's honey. zero version of you. You are and another version there of There is your children are pretty dang close. Yeah. Say oh, that yeah. Apollo especially is you. He's crazy. Yeah. He's got a potty mouth too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. Hearing a two year old say bad words. It's not very often. It's funny when it happens though. I mean I I have no shame in that. I don't like whatever. He's a good kid. <laughs> Amaya says zero cuss words. Apollo, he doesn't know they're bad. Yeah. It doesn't help he that we all three laugh. Ask me to uh, kick the chicken's ass. So will you, yeah, whoop their yeah, ass. Whoop their ass. They bit him last night. Yeah. <laughs> all of their asses. He told me. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? We cuss. Yeah. It's I a, laughed a little bit. I always laugh when yeah. he cusses. I'm like, oh, okay. Just don't say it at church. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't get out much. <laughs> yeah. Is that all? How many more questions do you have? Oh, sorry. We're talking about that. We keep going a little side trails. Uh, well, you kind of was talking about, yeah, your work experience, but you kind of jumped into that. Yeah. But yeah, I know that was. I And I always say that. That's why I'll never get another job. It was very traumatic. Um, I was, I can Whenever we started talking about what happened to you at work, I was like, how's that not a lawsuit? How's that? I mean, it should have been. should have been. That was just total, 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 total. Well, it's a, what do they call that? Um, harassment, but it's based on your sexual identity, which is even worse. Yeah. It's like you, you work for a company that cannot, they have to be very careful with HR because you cannot you cannot do anything against someone's like sexual identity or gender mm -hmm. identity oh, yeah. or so ethnicity and that, I mean, it, it could have easily been, um, because still like I, I'm thankful. Yeah, I I'm thankful you make money enough that I do not have to work. Um, I, because yeah. I mean, it's, I think That's about it I and know. it traumatizes it was, me. Anytime we start talking about work, you're like, I get really defensive. Yes. Because I'm scared of it. It yeah. hurt. I'll never go work for someone else. That's what you I that you don't want to work, but you I'll like, work I'll for never myself. Go work for someone else. That's how bad they hurt you. Yeah, I came home and worked for my dad. Yeah. So good good at carpentry. Um yeah. I I just it hurt too much to and I'm fearful. Like you deal with situations that I'm like, heck no. Like once again, I'm glad you're the one that works because I, I couldn't do it again. I, I would get fired or sent to jail. I don't think I would handle it well because it's just trauma. 
Mm-hmm. There's still wounds like PTSD still. It probably will always be. That's just why I'm thankful for this and um, other little things that I can do. Like the house manager taking up sprinklers and laying sod, building tables and remodeling kitchens. Yeah. I told Catherine the other day, I was like, yeah, I just keep, she's like, oh, y'all like to do that. I'm like, no, I think I just like learn how to do things so that I save money, a bunch of money so that she'll never want to send me back to work. Cause if I have a job, <laughs> then I won't have time to do all the crap I do around the house. No, <laughs> that's, that's like my logical thinking. Is that what it is? Yeah. Cause I mean, I remodeled the kitchen. I saved us a lot of money. Oh. I mean, honey, but you're very, I'm very talented. talented. I know. I'm, I like to learn. You have a very, yeah, let's talk about some of your talents. What do you do? I play guitar. Mm-hmm. I sing. I play piano and the Hammond, um, which is totally different from piano because it's very gospel-y. It's my favorite taught instrument. Yourself. Yeah, I taught myself both of those. I learned on YouTube. You're a very good singer, one of my favorites. My wife got me voice lessons. Thanks, Brandon. Um, that helped me learn how to sing better. Thank you. Um, I can build just about anything. Build that wall. <laughs> um, what else? You're an artist. You, you I do. do art. I haven't done it in a while, but I paint you're and draw. You're good at that. I don't know. What else? That's it. I'm Great. really good at video editing and I don't know. I like to learn. My mom. You're a very good cook. Yeah. I don't like to cook anymore, but I'm a good cook. <laughs> I know you. I've you gotten tired been. of it. I'm in such a busy season doing the podcast work. And now that it's like warm weather again, we're and we're back the, working yeah, on that house, a million projects. Yeah. Cause we haven't even had the house a full year yet. And we've done a lot to it. Yeah. We've done a lot. We've, we've gone overboard with how much we've done this year, but I love it. Um, yeah. But being a stay at home mom and doing all these projects and adding in the podcast and homeschool mm-hmm. laundry keeps getting behind. Sorry about that. But it's hard to do it all. I don't know how women say they can do it all. We can't. Nobody can. You got to sacrifice somewhere. Ours has been laundry. That's been where my sacrifice has I've been. been helping you. Yeah, you told. We've had to learn to like a new. We've had to shift in this season where it's like the amount of time I spent video editing, and then the trouble I have like te- technology, like mm-hmm. things not uploading correctly, and which is why for all y'all listeners. Um, it went from like Mondays to Tuesdays to Wednesdays, Thursdays, like the dates keep changing. Eventually I'll have a consistent day that it releases, but like I'm also full-time mom and I'm having a lot of issues with my editing stuff, but we're working on it. So, yeah. I mean, I just like to learn. And if I see something that's like $700 and I'm like, I could build that for like 150 <laughs> every time. But I think everyone thinks that way. And Amber, my friend, told me, she's like, no, people don't think that way. People would spend the money. I'm like, yeah, but also I don't want to get a well, job. Well, then it's <laughs> also, when you start doing, like I start looking at some of your projects and then you're like, oh, yeah, I need to go buy this tool and this yeah, tool, especially tools. at the beginning. Yeah. Now we have most of them. Yeah. It's like I need this tool. It's like, what does that tool do? Mm-hmm. And it does this, 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 and saws yeah. and. Saws and pocket holes. No, yard tools. And, Tillers. Tillers. Yeah. Yeah. They all Full eventually adulting. pay for themselves. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? I don't know, honey. You went off. I know. Sorry. It's okay. I'm trying to be better about not talking all the time. 
Do you? Um, no. That's good. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. What What would you say? Um, what is your favorite Bible verse? Uh, is there one that just sticks to you all the time? Um, you know what? There was one that I read a lot. I can't remember. It was like Isaiah 54 that I read a lot when I was pregnant or trying to get pregnant. And then I got pregnant. I don't even remember the order of Bible books right now. That's how my brain works. I'll just look it up because I ain't got no shame in my game. Um, Isaiah. I think it's 54. I can read it. It would be highlighted for sure. Yeah, I think it's this one actually. It's this one. It's 61. Isaiah 61, the year of the Lord's favor. So I started reading this when I was pregnant. And then when I was in the prayer room that I filmed Jennifer's podcast in Mm -hmm. episode three, I think. Um this scripture just kept coming up to me and it's the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So this isn't a verse. This is like a whole chapter. Sorry, my mic. Um, and the day of vengeance for of our God to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness and planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for the generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, and so they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and inequity iniquity in my faithfulness i will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples all who see them will acknowledge that they are people the lord has blessed i delight greatly in the lord my soul rejoices in my god for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest as a bride adorns herself with jewels for as the soil make, makes the sprouts come up and the garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. That's my favorite passage in the Bible. <laughs> Which reading that right now. Um, why? What does it mean to you? Well, just like the first question you asked me, like, why am I doing the podcast? Like everything in that verse was just like a reminder that like. Like, he does not want us to feel shame. He he will crown us with beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning. Like, I think that's a verse to the LGBTQ community from God. Mm-hmm. Like, he's called me to do this ministry, not for, like, my own. And I say this not for, like, pridefulness. This isn't an easy thing. Um, we, we feel attacked in certain ways since we've started this. Uh, 
which oh, just yeah. proves to me that we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it just reminds me of like what the Lord is saying about this community. Like he wants to restore it. He doesn't like wickedness. He doesn't like that. Like he's going to come and take vengeance mm-hmm. and all we have to do is follow his lead. So that, I don't think that was actually the verse I read when I was pregnant. Um, but I know it was in Isaiah. But that one is one that it came to. Yeah, I did read it when I was pregnant. I know I did because there was another one about like, I don't know, your family will multiply or something. I think that's in Isaiah. Maybe not. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> but that one, I, I do love that one because yeah. it's just, yeah. The context of that obviously is totally different than. But I just think sometimes God can do things in different generations that he did back in the past. I know he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as I was reading that and I was thinking about what we've talked about, I was like, it's just like, yes, confirming everything I feel in my heart. Reconfirming it through through scripture. Yeah. If you have not listened to um, our pastor, the week we did the little Nas Satan Shoes episode that Sunday, our pastor did an amazing sermon. Oh, so good. On just God's love and salvation and that salvation is free. And I keep linking it in the end of my videos so that people could see it. Like it's on the end screen. Um, he, he, so he, he said so many of the same things I was trying to say, and he said it in a totally different way. And, and man, there were some things I had never heard but I encourage you, especially if you want a church, like you can you can do online church if you don't live here. Um, but that message is just I'll keep linking in my videos because I just think it's that amazing. Even my friend Chad and Joy's, I'll link theirs down in the comment section because that was also an amazing sermon. And just um, God's love is for everyone. It's for it's for the you know the murderer or whatever on the cross, the criminal on the cross. It's for it's for every single person, um, and it is a free gift. We just have to accept and choose it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I keep mm-hmm. getting messages from people like that just they do want a church home, and they're still in that place of pain. And, and that's a hard thing. Yeah, where you can't find one. To find, because we you, looked. Where you can be open with we the looked. person you love. Yeah, we looked. And we searched. Even, I mean, it's not that we're we're not even like super PDA people. We just wanted to be accepted for who we were. Who doesn't want to be? Yeah. Anyways, um, if you haven't listened to that, I really encourage you to, you'll find just, it might be challenging, but I, I know for me, I was just like crying because it was like, yes, God's love does not discriminate like we do as humans. Just doesn't. Yeah. So, As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. I super appreciate your time. I know like an hour feels like such a long time to me that people are listening to what I have to say, but I super appreciate that you are and that you're sharing it with people. Please continue to share, subscribe, hit that like button, hit the bell, as my daughter says, so you can get notifications when we uh, release a new episode. Um, I appreciate all of y'all constantly like sharing your stories and messaging me like that was always our goal Mm -hmm. through our marriage was just to um be able to be a light for others if you have questions just ask yeah just ask like i'm totally an open book 
Um, so yeah, thank y'all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Yes. Yes. As always, have a great one. Until next time. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and give this video a big thumbs up. Also, thanks for your comments and your feedback. Hey guys, thanks. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to my podcast. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that long. But I got four occasions again. You were the interviewer. When I interview Victoria, I don't talk this much. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> That was what? Hold that one. Hold that one? Apollo said that? He said, damn it, that was all that one. Oh, my God.